Different Gravy, Not Just Another Sheffield Wednesday podcast, would like to join the club in saying that anyone, even thinking about watching a football match on a grotty stream, is not just a criminal, but some kind of pervert akin to people fudding away at themselves in a public place. different gravy not just another sheffield wednesday podcast i'm one of the hosts richard miller and my co-host staying positive whilst testing negative dr luke gledall how are you doing today luke i'm really good how about yourself rich i'm good thank you yeah that genuinely was a uh, um a, a footer to an email that i received this week from somebody uh and i quite enjoyed it it's an <laughs> a new spin on the uh, on the covid commiserations that you have to put in every email now so you know different take on things mm-hmm. slightly lighter than i hope you and your family and i hope this finds you well especially yeah. now i hope you are surviving these dangerous and unprecedented times i'd usually uh, say this is a token gesture but now it's got some real weight behind it <laughs> yes uh so i believe luke you've got another message from uh from the network i do you know obviously um we're going towards uh, discrete video streaming and more amazing content is coming out from ours and prime uh aronje is the new black is the name of this show ever wondered how the wednesday and next wednesday dutch contingent would do in a dutch wednesday only penitentiary well, fret not, as midfield starlet Joey Pelopesi stars in this gritty, hard-hitting dramedy. Will Glenn Leuven's muscles work to allow him to win the dance competition? Reggie Blinker and Etienne Asias have bonded over hair care, but will their romance last beyond the dreads? And what's with shadowy wallflower Irby Emanuelson? And will he make an appearance for lunch? All will be revealed in the first season of Orange is a New Black. Oh, spectacular. I mean, this is just cutting edge stuff, isn't it? This is it's it's not just giving the people what they want. It's bringing it's bringing things to the people that they didn't know they want. But then they find out that's actually exactly what they wanted. Uh, It's next level broadcasting. (laughs) It's truly original uh, programming as well. Really. Original programming. Yeah, it's programming. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, I think we should maybe sort of poodle along a little bit to breaking hoo-hoos. Did, did you just say poodle along? I did. I did. Let us Daniel poodle <laughs> along to the news. Hey, you know, a bit of a combination of the breaking hoo-hoos and then maybe a bit of an overview of the transfer window that we've, we've just closed uh, at the magical. end of the week. Um, so, Two signings on Friday. We had a busy, a busy Friday, an exciting Friday, which, to be honest, work-wise, tends to mean a fairly unproductive Friday. <laughs> um, normally, I'm very good at sort of turning off the dissonance and kind of getting my head down and doing things, but something like to you know, Friday where we had this this looming window, there was pro- the promise of excitement and deals to be done. It's hard not to keep checking in, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But we we welcomed uh, Marriott to the club from Derby County mm-hmm. um, and uh, Flint 
from from Cardiff. I've I've sort of jotted down that Marriott joins us presumably because he's tired of being confused for Wayne Rooney at a distance. There's something of the young Wayne Rooney I think about um, about Mr. Marriott. I don't know whether you agree. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Just that kind of slightly scruffy, yeah, light brown hair, slightly scruffy looking. Nah, he wouldn't look. Is a footballer. Is male. That's uh, another one. Uh, is a striker. <laughs> He's got two of them peepers looking out at the front. Yeah, yeah. Just the like, one likes, likes, likes to shag the grannies. I I believe that hasn't been confirmed that Jack Marriott um is is like his <laughs> it's it's like his uh, looky likey in, in quite that way. But I just thought, you know, I mean, I was putting myself in the shoes of a kind of the kind of casual fan who, you know, maybe a kind of prawn sandwich brigade type person who um I would much rather he likes the touch of an old woman as opposed to has the touch of an old woman. <laughs> but I'm I'm sort of thinking like you go along, oh Wayne Rooney, famous England player Wayne Rooney plays for Derby, and you presume he's going to be up front, and then you might think that Marriott was him and he was looking sprightly and younger, but actually he's the sort of tubby guy plodding around the midfield. I like the feel with players like Marriott, where I'm sure he hasn't. I'm sure this is like. Is it Charlie Austin, who is, you know, one of those football players who's a striker who at one point was a bricklayer and now they score goals to make lots of money? You know, they, they had to make He's the transition. That, that feel, I don't think there's any truth behind it, but yeah, potentially. No, it's probably, I'm saying a lot of very, um, very large, nasty kind of lies about him as a person. <laughs> so I apologize for that. I'm I'm just trying to be a little bit. A little bit funny. Large and nasty lies. <sighs> I yeah, Jack Marion. Oh, um, so yeah. What 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 um what was your initial kind of? I'll be honest. I didn't know a huge amount about Jack Marion. Uh, I've I've boned I... up, but um. <laughs> uh, I remember the whole clamour around him when he was at Peterborough, and when he was bagging them in for Peterborough, which led to his. You know, his three million move to three million pound move to Derby. I seem to recall within that kind of narrative there being a bit of he seemed to be, and I think it still maybe stands like a little bit of a forgotten forgotten man at Derby for some reason. And then like I think he's had some very explosive roles from a sub sub position for Derby. He had a truly yeah, that Peter Brasen Truly staggering in terms of mm-hmm. statistics. Um, 44 games played, 27 goals scored, and I think uh, oh, more than 10 assists as well. There's a vi- There was a video on YouTube that I watched that was so enjoyable for the variation of his play and positional sense that I didn't mind the fact until about minute 10 that in every single clip <laughs> they paused the action spotlighted Marriott, made the rest of the screen dark and zoomed in slightly on him before oh, then playing the action. And I kind of, you know, I, I, I did want to make a snotty comment. I enjoyed the video overall. But minute 10 out of 12, I'm pretty convinced I know what this guy looks like. I think he's probably not the black guy or the bald guy. I don't. And the fact that every single clip is him providing an assist or scoring a goal... You know, I can probably narrow it down most of the time. I can probably figure out myself which one of the people on the screen he is. Is he the guy that got the assist? Oh, no. Is he the one that scored? Yes. 
you know, that those were the mm. only two roles that he was ever going to play. But still enjoyable. Lots of mm. bright, interesting sort of goals that he scored. Little flick headers, volleys from distance. I don't know whether to say this now or kind of say this from what I saw from the game. Do you get the weird feeling that Jack Marriott, from what I'm seeing, and from what I'm seeing from the clips and from what I saw today, he's the player I wanted Sam Winall to be? Looks, that is a very nice comparison, I think. Yes, that feels... Um... You know, like this uh, this kind of not, a, you know, particularly tall, not a short kind of striker, someone kind of in the middle, kind of that, but still kind of a bit of that kind of striker agility and that reaction and that sharpness that you want. And, you know, spry, very spry. We're doing, yeah. we're doing a lot of spryness for the strikers. So much spryness. 50, 50 shades of spry in terms of our strikers that we brought a, into a the A spryness club. that is criminally vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> Across the whole of our front line. <laughs> um, uh, excellent, excellent. Thank you, Rich. There we go. That's the episode title right there. <laughs> but uh, no, I get what you mean. And I think... Looking at here, I know this is League One and there's there's less sort of mouthwatering stuff mm. to go on from his derby days, but actually the fact he is he's got that kind of speed on the turn and likes to play on the shoulder, it sort of causes big defenders more headaches than you might think because he puts a lot of pressure on them to get the header right. And that kind of actually results in him winning some of those battles when just on pure physicality you, you wouldn't have you wouldn't think that was a possibility so yeah I, exciting i mean it really it was mm. it was mouthwatering to, to watch and obviously that's one season out of his whole career and, and it was a kind of a name making season but i, I, I like oh, sorry, go on. no I, i'm actually going to hold on to this i think it's it's due okay. for something else i i think there's an interesting thing naturally with strikers that he, i think if you're giving strikers enough games which I think is difficult with squad football and rotation. I think you can find any kind of natural goal scorer, scorer will score, I don't know, four or five goals in a season in the championship, maybe. Yeah. If, if given that kind of situation, that service, and they manage to hang on to the gifts of confidence of them being, you know, the depth striker and being someone who's hungry and can score goals around the goal mouth. Um, it's, I think it, the question overarchingly is, whether they have enough quality that kind of transfers to do more than that, really. Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. I think as well that it's um, it's nice to sign someone that's actually been active this season. I know mm-hmm. that sounds a bit sort of <laughs> sort of cheeky almost, but like that's not. We've taken a guy that's been playing first team football for a divisional rival, which is. Mm-hmm. It's not nothing, and we're also told that this is somebody that Gary Monk has actually been interested in at clubs before, so presumably it's somebody that they really like the look of, and potentially, you know, maybe even Beatty's, you know, kind of sees things in him that he wants to work on with him, and so it feels very positive, feels... Mm. uh, Feels like a really a really big move. He's he works. I mean, his overall career record is is a goal every other game, which is very very good for mm. for strikers. So, um, or pretty much, you know, very close to that. So, yeah, that's. Um, I I was surprised that he didn't seem to be. He he really. I was hearing a lot of news about him being 
from the Derby fans saying that you know he was a bit of a disaster there. Okay. Did, or they someone seemed to quote the the figure of one in seven or something on Twitter, which I haven't really kind of drilled down. I haven't brought up his soccer base here. That, that well, he's seems... overall. I mean, yeah. So one in seven. He scored ten goals over sixty nine appearances. So that is one in seven for Derby. For Derby, but it's. 30, this is his his league. He played mostly, obviously, like like everybody else, mostly in the league. But it's 32, 32 appearances that, that um, starts, I guess, and thirty seven from the bench. So it's not quite fair to sort of say mm. to land all that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's absolutely his record. Um, but he started off like an absolute rocket for for Frank Lampard, who who presumably was the one that brought him to the club. Um, I'm just trying to look what the record would be up till... Well, the first season, year. what, 18-19 is 13 goals in the season. It's just the season afterwards being pretty poor and disappointing for him, for him and yeah. his standards. And also for, I mean, 10 goals from, you know, 67, sorry, 69 in the league, as you said, 37 of which are sub-appearances. How many times oh. are... That, the tricky thing with that, because people do... I, I don't like... I think unless you've gone in and cleaned the data, I don't like when people say he's... Because some, sometimes people with strikers would go, oh, in 32 starts, he got 10 goals. That's a thing, that's a stat that gets used all the time for strikers. Mm. So that's a record of 3-10. and 10. I don't think that's true either, but I don't think it's fair to say he played 70 games when there will have been some of those games where he's played five minutes, two minutes. You know, if you if you come in... in on in at time added on your chances to score are you know next to nothing mm-hmm. but that's another appearance against your goals to game ratio so i don't know i just i'd like to see a minutes to minutes to goals ratio before i kind of damn him completely on that but also actually one of the things i like about this deal i know it's been sort of questioned but i actually like the fact that there's this break in january where he could be recalled because mm. to me, well, one that shows that Derby haven't buried him and don't think don't think this is a lost cause because they've they've given they've extended his contract and they've built in that recall clause, so they think at least there's a chance that he has an absolute brilliant half of the season and either they can flog him or throw him in their own first team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's quite good and I think it incentivizes him in a way because that's. If I play really well, I could get that that move on, or I could make this permanent. You know, like I, I just think the the you know the worst case scenario is he does brilliantly. We don't manage to make a, a sufficient replacement in January for him, but that will have meant he's had a really good half season, and maybe half of a really really good season is better than somebody yeah. that's no potential to have a good season. Um, but no, I'm I'm pleased. I I I think it looks like he brings a lot of things that we we like and and maybe a few things that we need what he's not is the kind of target man that we thought was going to come i don't know whether this fits into the overview of the window but it it it, it feels like now there's an awful lot resting on patterson making that role his own and um and really being a, a leader for us up top uh but we we could probably talk about that in a bit more detail should we move along to aiden flint the second arrival Another we should lunch. we should indeed yes but he's not played this season. He's not played for a little while, Aidan Flint. No. Was it since kind of the, since the, you know, kind of post-lockdown? 
I think so. He's not he's not played this season. I'm going to go back to last. Yeah, last season, the last time he played. Yeah, was February. A Cup game in February. Yeah, so. so <clears throat> um, it's interesting that he's a player who commanded, you know, he was very much in demand, very much appreciated for what he did at Bristol City. Um, you know, very adept at scoring goals for mm. Bristol City. Um, that seems to have diminished quite massively from his move to Middlesbrough. Um, he only got one goal that season, which I mean is interesting that I'm, I'm talking and bring this up from a lens of, um, you know, looking at a centre-back and looking at a defender. But, you know, interesting that we're talking about this. You know, but he is someone who has a penchant for <clears throat> scoring goals and being dangerous in the box. You know, even even last season. So anyway, you know, went to went to Middlesbrough for seven million mm. in summer of twenty eighteen. Moves on to Cardiff again the next year for four million. Yes, interesting. And then now he's with us on a single loan. So I I don't get it. I don't really know. I mean, this is the danger of obviously us as fans talking about football players at other clubs who we've seen a little bit of. We have a rough idea about them and and the similar thing with Jack Marriott is thinking oh he's a you know I would someone would ask me what do you think of X player randomly I'd say you know they're a decent championship player so that's a similar thing that I've gotten I've kind of made in my mind for Jack Marriott and and it's very much a similar deal to Aiden Flint's interesting that you know talking about goal scoring because I wanted to kind of link the two they've both actually (laughs) scored a whole bunch at League One level because the season that Bristol City came up to the championship last. Uh, I think that was 2014-15. Aiden Flint got 15 goals. Yeah, it was just astonishing. You know, including, I think, the last game of that season, they demolished Walsall 8-2. Aiden Flint got a hat-trick. He, he also, he's another one, if you watch the sort of clips, he, it's not actually all just headers. I mean, you, mm. most of them are. He's six foot six, so most of them are. But um, he's actually pretty decent with his feet mm. um and i think we saw a bit of that today not to kind of talk too much you know sort of tread on the toes of that too much but he actually he's he's one of these guys that is not just launching it aimlessly from the back he mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. he's trying to pick channels or pick out passes to people yes and he seems to be able to get tremendous distance on his kicks yeah, ball with, exactly. with very little exactly. effort it doesn't look like he's making a lot of backlist so that Sorry, I thought it was funny because one of the, I think I saw like a Twitter exchange with a Cardiff fan who said, you know, he's a bit of a clumsy centre half. You know, he's he's really good with his head. He's not so good with the ball at his feet. The interesting thing was I was watching, you know, a highlight reel which kind of focused on his time at Bristol City. It was Bristol, kind of like a scouting reports video, I think, around the time that Middlesbrough signed him. And, you know, I mean, you are focusing on... You fo- they focused and included some highlights of some brilliant long balls that he pinged mm. on the back. But, I mean, the, the nature of a highlight reel is we focus on the ones that work, exactly. we don't focus on what doesn't work. So. Well, it doesn't work, yeah. But, but I, it, I don't yeah, know I how, many, Sorry, how many defenders are that good at kind of hitting it long... From that, I I have a distinct memory of going to watch Wednesday away at Blackpool at Bloomfield Road, and it was around the time I think of I think it was maybe the first season of kind of Ian Holloway, or maybe the second season. It was very much kind of like Charlie Adam at Blackpool, 
mm. kind of time and going away to the temporary stand at Blackpool because this was what it was at the time. And I remember, you know, a really, you know, really windy time at the Blackpool at the seaside, <laughs> which, you know, happens at the seaside. It does. It's a windy place. And uh, Darren Purse made this long clearance. I'm like, what a great ball. But actually, it was just going really wide and it just managed to kind of get blowed. The wind just took a little bit off it to kind of keep it in and made it look like a real beautiful kind of long ball from Darren Purse. And I don't know. I don't know how many centre-backs are that fantastic at playing the ball, but I think he seems he's okay. I don't think he's quite as good as Jos van Aken um, in terms of kind of like an immediate focus. I don't think he's maybe as good as, you know, some of the other people like, uh, you know, to kind of bring up an echelon and talk about somebody else, Michael Hector. I don't think he's in that league, but I don't think he embarrasses himself. But he's certainly streets ahead, I think, of Tom Lees, which... That's interesting, yeah. I, I don't think Lees is terrible with the ball at his feet, but no, I don't but think he's feel... coming into the good spectrum of being yeah. with the ball of his yeah. feet, you know? I, I rarely feel that Tom Lees is making choices when he's playing the ball forward. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. And when he, and even when he does, I don't think I don't think he's hitting the ball with the weight and the quality. Right. Of some other because, players, like, I think that's if Van Aken and yeah. players like him, it's it's the technique of hitting the football is. I don't know. It's just that that's that quality. Well, that's the speed of the speed and the accuracy of what you do makes it makes a big big difference. So we can probably all of us who've kicked a football can probably roughly kind of hit a ball twenty thirty yards forward into a vague space that we we're looking at. Exactly. No, we exactly. Can kick it directly in front of us, about thirty forty yards. So most people should at least be able to do that. It's the difference then to just like zero in on an on an air on a person within that area is mm. a, is a big difference and also just it getting there much quicker with the weight behind it changes the dynamic because then it's i mean maybe if you get a clean header it's actually probably better for you heading it back yeah. but it means if you make a small error actually it could sneak round you know sneak between your shoulder and the and your head or you know just sort of work its way past you whereas something that's just kind of like lofted up aimlessly it tends to just bounce straight on the ground and bounce straight back up again. So it's it's just I didn't know that much. Of, I didn't know that that was a as much a part of his game. But I think looking at that video, looking at him today, he's more. He, it feels like he's much more than just a kind of big big lump that heads it. Although he seems perfectly yeah. good at that as well, which is which is really mainly what we needed. I know. <laughs> I know. We didn't need a coach centre back. We needed a big lump, and uh, if he can be the big lump with a with a hint of culture, he's Frankenstein. (laughs) Sorry, he's Frankenstein in a fedora. You know, (laughs) Frankenstein in a fedora. Did you say? Yeah, I like him. I like him. Um, The thing I really wanted to say was it's two elements though. It's vision and execution, right? Yes. And you can call execution technique, which I think you did, but. That's the thing. I don't think that Tom Lee's in any situation thinks I'm going to play this forward and it's going to do this. It's just popular. It's purely just getting it long. It's purely just alleviating his distress in that situation. As opposed to, I feel like Jos van Aken has a bit more of an idea and the concept of, you know, where he's going to place it and for what reason and who he's trying to find, you know, and I, I, I feel like Flint has a bit more of a vision on that spectrum. 
I, yeah, particularly I think the type of football that we seem to be mainly trying to play, like I, I've heard us categorised as direct, and I suppose I suppose that's fair. But actually, what we're trying to do with those long passes out from the back is get behind defences because we now have all of this spryness, this mm. <laughs> this embarrassment of spryness. Um, but what we're tr- yeah we're trying to spring the trap and get our pacey players in behind to make things happen. But that's that's the thing, yeah. That that's that's where that weight and quality of pass makes makes a big difference because what you're trying to do is drop it make it quick enough that it's not easy to defend by a you know for for a defender to move to and head away but not so quick that it goes straight to the goalkeeper you're trying to find a gap and play the ball there that gives us a, an, a, an opportunity to build mm-hmm. um so yeah nice nice to have another it feels like another player that can kind of play that game for us which is which is um a good thing to have and and somebody it's no shock or surprise we've been linked with several times through the years and quite possibly should have been in for him the, the season that Middlesbrough bought him. Mm. Um, he was exactly the sort of person we could have done with to replace Leuven's. I think I think in those simpler times, he may well have been a perfect partner for Tom Lees. Um, <clears throat> but obviously, you know that's the past the past is gone but 31 is still a decent age for a, a mm-hmm. defender um <clears throat> obviously there's still maybe there's questions about his legs but um <clears throat> he didn't look like he lacked for freshness today having not played a game for so long but we're now entering a really busy period so we're going to be stretched in all sorts of ways and, and pure and purely and simply we just needed we needed numbers to add to our back line because we Within there, mm-hmm. so let's if we take a look at the win at the window as a whole. This is maybe I a, mean, bit of a negative take on things, but I mean, you said pure and simple, Rich, and I would think this has been my wing class from uh, hey, transfer window. Um, That's right, folks. Some of my awful, uh, awful references aren't belabored <laughs> and thought of uh, long periods of time. So <laughs> it's good. It's good for me that I'm not wasting vast periods of my life thinking of uh, terrible puns. That which, but to, to, to take a slightly negative spin on it, which areas <laughs> did you expect us to maybe go and recruit? Mm, that's a really um, good question. And you still you still remain a little bit on Suzanne Shaw about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just pure hearsay. Um, hey, beautiful. Um, something about the Saturdays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked, I, I don't know. I mean, this is the fun thing that we've done. This is such a huge window. We have signed nine players. We've yeah. got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm. This is a really interesting thing to say ahead of time. But if I'm looking ahead, if we manage to stay up and we still have Gary Monk, which I think would be, if we stay up and Gary Monk does a great job. And if mm. we, you know, with that situation, I think that's really positive. I'm then really excited for the next rebuild. You know, I'm excited yeah. for the next bunch of players that we can jettison. Um, we open the escape hatch and we let uh, Kieran Westford S68 into space. Um, <laughs> no, we will give Kieran Westwood a nicer send-off than that, let's be honest. But, um, uh, you know, for the fact, the amount of surgery we've made and to do and to bring in players that have a pretty decent championship caliber and still yeah. have something to offer and be positive as opposed to bringing players of being like, 
he's a journeyman. He's been there. He's seen it before. And he's also on his decline. I don't yes. think any of these players are really on their decline. Um, in terms of areas, the thing that kind of disappointed me a little bit, Flint is a pretty solid signing, I think. Yeah. I'm a little bit dismayed we didn't get a second defender. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of talk about so the other talk. We, we lost the race for Jay Clark Salter, who went to Birmingham, interestingly enough, they didn't think that they needed to bring him in, but for for this game, but but no. we are having a bit of a defensive crisis, so we did. Um, we so, like I don't know enough about Jacob Salter. The thing that seemed to kind of like about Dion Sanderson, who we were also linked with, it seemed to be that he had a bit more of credentials at a wing back position. Um, yeah. I don't know, but again, I I think we're in a position that. We have Harris, we have Reach, um, uh, you know, the other flank, we're looking maybe at Palmer and Adebajo. I feel like we have more defensive. I'm a little bit dismayed that we didn't get the Jakob Murphy replacements. Yes, yeah. Though it's difficult because there's so many kind of out-and-out wingers, but we don't know whether they can do the job that we're asking of them to be more defensive and to track and then kind of cover all that ground. Uh, interesting that Huddersfield were going to sign Rolando Aarons, Aarons oh, okay. from Newcastle. Then that failed, that deal. Right. That crumbled at the last minute for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of players that we can get who would be wingers, but not many of them seem to have the discipline and the ability to convert to wingback. You know, I remember reading that article about Andre Green, who we were linked with. Mm. He said, he player can play up front, but on the wing mainly. And, you know, it was kind of asked a question of whoever was scouting him and knew about him a lot, saying it's going to take some work to make him a wingback. Um, maybe that's looking for a really rare player, and maybe we don't have the funds and the ability to do that. I'm just saying I really hope everything else works, because with Jacob Murphy going back, being as alone, seasonal alone, we've missed a lot of that goal threat and that creativity from the wing position. Definitely. So, that's a bit of a dismay. I don't know whether we bring another defender like Dion Sanderson, whether it, it would be more of the Palmer or DeBajo, more of a kind of defensive wingback kind of feel in that kind of position. Um, but I was also worried about this game, knowing that we have this defensive crisis at the back um, with five players who we have seen and could have fought in that position mm. to play there. I think I would rather have that than bringing in Jack Marriott's uh i'm not upset that marriott's here i just i'm also wondering now like i I would have liked a second big man yeah it that's i think that's to, that to me is as much of a miss another body defensively would make sense but I, I don't know how much of that is you'd hope not to be in the situation too often where you have quite so many injuries as, as we have now uh it's pretty extraordinary the number of defensive knocks we've we've picked up uh, I suppose with Dunkley, we knew we were signing someone that was on his way back fitness-wise, but whether whether we expected him to still be <clears throat> missing towards the end of October, point. I don't know. I know. Um, I know. And I, I don't believe he played under-23s in the break, which was something that was talked about. So <clears throat> it would appear he's a little bit behind where we wanted him to be. So that's a bit of an unexpected gap. Uh Palmer seems to very rarely be injured, but he's injured. Um, I offer it wasn't a fake injury. 
because he was signing for somebody else. It just was that he was injured. <laughs> Origide's been p- pretty much permanently injured now for the best part of a year. Yeah. Um, I, th- I believe it's separate injuries, but that's... that's Lee's doesn't largely seem that a player to be injured that much, but maybe the last no. couple of years seem to be kind of catching up with him. Yeah, and they tend to seem to tend to be like on-off things that last quite a long time. Mm. The type of injuries he's been picking up. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's I do I, I can see what you mean, but I, I think the need up top was a pressing one because uh, in terms of actual strikers, we are a little we're a little bit thin, or we're a little yeah. Bit thin, but but I I also think that our mentality of being a Gary Monk team and being kind of quite defensive and when looking at kind of games of fine margins mean that the real need is to really stop the rot at the back and really keep clean sheets. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are more situations where, you know, with identifying and seeing that there's a lot that we can do from set pieces. You know, I, I sent Rich a, a tweet from Alex Miller, which I thought was a bit, a bit chavvy. Um, <laughs> I didn't particularly like it, but uh, the point behind what he was saying, I didn't disagree with, which is basically like say he was saying, you know, imagine you've got a free kick and then you've got, Dunkley, Flint, Iortha, Patterson going up for it. Yeah, a lot of basically a lot we have a lot of, of a lot of acumen in the air, basically. Definitely. So I, I kind of see that being our kind of real threat. So if we can kind of claw in and defend and get those one nil wins, those two one wins, you know, those fine margin wins, I think that's more gonna suit us. I don't think we're looking like a team who's gonna be, you know, free scoring. I mean, I'd, I'd hope so. Yeah. I'd hope so, but I'm, I'm trying to be as cripplingly real about this yeah. season. I think you're right. I think we've got to be realistic that unless things really start cooking, I mean, we've got the potential for goals up top is there's lots of people there that have in the past and could potentially get bag themselves 10 goals-ish. It's just getting a position where several of them, if a couple of them are in form at the same time, we're going to be quite devastating but it's a big if and that's the sort of if that every club kind of lives in but Kachunga is kind of a 10-ish goal a season guy Patterson's had seasons where he's got 10 goals or more Um, at a push even Luongo's got I think had a season or two where he's got 10 goals Uh, Windass certainly feels like a guy that's you know he's well on his way already he could he could easily get 10 goals in the season Reach has always been sort of seven eight ish uh, prior to last season, so there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of people that should be getting goals in there, but finishing profligacy as we uh, as we talked about a lot last season seems to still be rearing its uh, its ugly head, um, passing up lots of good opportunities and little margins quality. We don't want to get into today's game particularly, but just a little bit of care and attention could make such a huge difference mm-hmm. for us. But they're all, you know, they've barely met each other. <laughs> so <laughs> mm-hmm. so we can't expect miracles overnight. <laughs> but I, I agree. I think this feels like an exciting window. It feels like we've added we've added some potential in addition to getting some tried and tested championship players in there. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the Alman Abdi, Dave Jones, George Boyd model of this is my last hoorah and if you give me two years I'll, cu- I'll go wherever and do potter about and do naff all for you um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
what do you think, just kind of looking back on paper, what we've seen, what we've seen so far, which can change? Um, this might be something we revisit in the future. Um, but looking at the dealings that we've made on paper, what what grade, what school grade would you give us? Ooh, it probably it definitely is something to reassess once we've we've got a bit of time. But I I would say I think maybe sort of B plus maybe maybe even I'm A go, A minus. I'm going to go with an A minus. Yeah. You know I'm really impressed with what we've done given our context and given our situation. It's better than I expected, and I I think in particular people like Izzy Brown, Kachunga, and I'd put Windass in that group. Not not really the caliber of players I thought we'd gonna, we were going to be able to get mm. given our circumstances. So I'm really I am really pleased, and I think Flint and Marriott are both probably both sort of fall into that category to an extent, um, which I've, I've almost named half the people that. <laughs> <laughs> that we've got but i kind of thought somebody you know somebody like delhi bashiru i thought we might end up with a fair few of those like a, an informed gamble but certainly we are rolling the dice on yes some, some potential that ha- that has not had the time ta- the chance to develop yet um i thought that might be more the sort of player that we'd end up with a handful of uh and that might have been exciting. I mean, I do remember the experience of signing several sort of youngsters, and we all, we all remember Whelan and Brunt very fondly. But there were also a fair few of that cohort that we don't remember at all, or if we remember them, we don't remember them as fondly, because <laughs> it can certainly go either way when you when you take that sort of chance on things. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we can be justifiably sort of pretty pleased with what what we've done thus far. Or well, what we've done, you know, what what we've done in the in the window, and and it, it it means that the season is a bit more of an exciting prospect than I think possibly it was looking like at the outset. Um, should we talk about today's game? Does that seem fair? Let's do it. Let's get right into it. Let's get stuck in. Get that teeth out and get stuck in. Um, so quite <laughs> quite a confusing sort of lineup today. Mm. Now I think I'd figured out by about halfway through the, the first half, it, we weren't actually really playing three at the back today. Do you agree with that? No, I, 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 I don't Luongo agree. Was sitting I don't very, agree. Very deep. Luongo was sitting very, very deep, especially actually when we were in possession. He was doing that kind of Hutchinson sitting on the toes of the defenders thing. But he wasn't there all the time. I think we set up 4-3-3 today, more, more so. And sometimes it was four four two because I thought we had Odebad Joe and Harris were clearly the wing backs or the full backs, and Flint mm. and Van Aken were clearly centre backs. But I thought Luongo was still playing midfield despite the fact he was sat very deep in the midfield, very much a kind of anchor. But that's that was my reading of it. I didn't I didn't feel to me like we were playing three centre backs today. It's certainly not the traditional way that you play three centre backs. I thought this was a more free for free. That was the only way. I think the problem was coming to this lineup. It looked insane because yeah. we're beginning to see, we're beginning to feel that three five two is what we do every week. But then suddenly, there's no banker free in the middle. Um, it just seems to be Ban and Luongo. So I read it that Odebajo, you know, Odebajo, Flint, JVA uh, were our um, our free centre backs. You know, again asking. Uh, Harris and Reach to be wingback duties, and then instead of the three, we're just going with two in the middle uh, for Bannon Luongo. 
And I felt that it was Patterson up front and then this front kind of tier three, including Kachunga and Windass, just kind of off and that kind of arrow. See, I don't agree that Reach was playing wing-back. I just, he was all over the place. Interesting. He was chasing chasing down the ball. He was doing a lot of pressing, and a lot of it was in the middle, which you would not want your wing-back to be doing. I don't know. It was was intriguing, but yeah, so my reading of it was that it was much more of a kind of so I thought the, the the people who were defending primarily were the were those four, um, and then the midfield was Luongo very very deep, Bannon quite deep as well, and then I, I actually put Reach as roaming reporter with press on a piece of paper tucked in his fedora. Um, so <laughs> you know, I thought I thought Reach was just sort of trying to sort of just put his energy onto them and wear them down with just. Them wherever they were, and then as you said, I, I agree that I think Windass Kachunga were sort of playing in and around Patterson as a three, um, and then sometimes Kachunga was dropping deep enough to almost be playing as left wing, uh, with Reach doing the same on the right. So sometimes we sort of fell into a four four two. I really like your reading of the game, Rich. I like your analogy of you know Reach the reporter. The problem <laughs> I have though, he's going to keep saying what a scoop when he scoops it over the bar. That's the problem. <laughs> Uh, I there's two games this season I really have called Adam Reach some names that I wouldn't have said to his face, and uh, it was it was when, when he sort of passed up the chance uh, in the cup where he sort of hit the bar with one and then missed with the other, and then today's one. Yeah. Oh, it's such a sitter. <laughs> Spooned over. But I thought we should uh, again, probably get into that though, right? Yeah. Well, I thought I thought again. I th- I thought whatever, wherever Reach was playing, whether it ends up being right wing back or um, something else, I thought it suited him. He seemed to be involved. He looks like I said, like we were saying, um, it's now two weeks ago, but it feels to me like Reach has sort of turned a corner um, mentally mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and maybe confidence wise. He just he just looks more on it and more involved and uh, less less. Less of a passenger, basically, which he's been too often in in games. Uh, he had a very love, you know, very decent effort, sort of eight minute mark. That's mm-hmm. the first sort of chance I've sort of noted down. But I, I, I don't know whether you sort of picked out anything before that. No, I genuinely agree with you. That was, I think, my timings are a little bit off. I, I well, I, I had some, I I had some dang issues with eye following. Which oh, was fantastic! It doesn't seem to want to work in my Chromebook anymore. So. Well, I think you're wrong, Luke, because I think they only had problems with commentary once, and that was a universal outage, actually, of commentary, and uh, they've not had any issues since. It's been very, it's been completely robust since. So, uh, you know, consider myself corrected. Yes, please, thank you, Danke schön. Um Yes, thank you. <laughs> no, but please, this is okay. Um, that was a real. That was some really great builder play for that it chance was. as well. What did you think about that strike from Reach? I, mean, I thought it was a very good strike from Reach, but it maybe Reach have passed would have put it in a postage stamp in the top corner. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. He desperately, he desperately needs to score one soon. I think Reach. I think mm. he'll. Uh, his shoulders will drop, and he will be a more comfortable roving reporter when uh, when that happens. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was it was a very good effort. Um, it could have been could have been a bit better. Does anybody play for Cardiff now? That Etheridge 
that's their goalkeeper. That that was that's that was always the Cardiff goalkeeper. Now plays for Birmingham. Does does anybody play for Cardiff? <sighs> they seem to be going through a really big rebuild right now. I yeah. don't. I don't really understand. I thought a lot of those players were pretty decent. So, yeah, it's a bit Weird. strange for them right now. Um, the next sort of thing I've got, I mean, first half in, to- in, in you know, all told, very positive from Wednesday. I think there was lots of those little nice bits of play. I've not picked out every single sort of positive moment, but there was, it was another one of these performances with lots of like half chances or just if a pass had been slightly crisper or things like that, we could have had much better opportunities from the from the amount of ball that we had um but 18th minute reach cleverly sort of won a free kick um one of those where he definitely made sure he took control of the ball but he didn't really care where the ball went because he knew he was going to get clattered next um and windas hit an absolutely beautiful free kick but unfortunately just hit the post with it um, I mean, um, he's going to be looking all over his place for his uh, stamp collection because he, he misplaced <laughs> it right there, didn't he? <laughs> exactly. And I was expecting Harris just to nod it in, but he... Um, <sighs> Some weird sort of kind of reaction. At a right angle and bounced it off the defender. <laughs> so should we, should we have like a fun little thing about how, you know, we're going into... You know, as basically just any sense of economy is just getting absolutely hammered from this lockdown. So basically mm-hmm. what kind of happens now is it's just another uh, capitalism. Just like another notch, doesn't it, really? So basically the 1% just keep getting richer and uh, chumps like me and you who uh, just, just get a little bit poorer, don't we, yeah. overall? So yeah. really for the haves and have-nots, uh, the Premier League seems to have a have um of var and a mentality that anytime the ball touches a player's hand in the penalty box it's a penalty but you go to the efl and we just we're just poor so we don't either a have that technology or b have that mentality where a player handballs it in the box then it's actually a penalty yeah it's really two different games isn't it really it is definitely definitely which probably makes sense because i mean we really just completely just completely shit all over any history of top tier football before um, the premier league you know none of it exists they actually yeah. just took a very fahrenheit 451 view to the history books of football so again two different games premier league that's a penalty efl no not at all no no it's fine yeah yeah we um we could have had a couple of penalties today, couldn't we? I thought we could. Yeah, there was <laughs> there were a couple, um, um, including that one which you know we got a corner from. I actually thought the referee was fine today. I, I, I don't think he I thought he was terrible. a touch busy, but but not not too bad. You know, fairly even handed with his busyness. Mm. You didn't think he was blowing his whistle so much that it was a rave, did you, Rich? <laughs> no, no, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a very good episode of uh, Spaced. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, Badger had a lovely cross, which Patterson just nodded. Mm. That was very nice. That was sort of 25, 26 minute mark. Uh, then I thought, I thought Windass has had a very good shout for a penalty through on goal. Uh, well, not through on goal, but on the edge of, he was on the corner of the box at 29th minute and got kind of cleared out by their, their big blonde center back who I've forgotten the name of now, a uh, Pedersen. Just cleared cleared him out, um, and then very close afterwards, thirty uh, fourth minute, the same thing happened again. I it's... thought you were going to talk about 
So, so which one was the one where, after a quick bit of thinking, um, you know, Windass got up after he realised this that he was, was the one where. So the second one, the thirty-fourth minute one, was where he set up Reach after being. Right. So that should have been a yellow or red card. Pedersen absolutely hoiked him down, knowing that he was through on goal and he was losing the race. Yes. There's no two yes. ways about it. I agree with that. I don't. Yeah, that wasn't a penalty shout, though, was it? Really? That was no. It was. I think it was a free kick, but it was the same player. It was Pedersen again. Yes. On, on that Wittes. should have that should have been some degree of card. I would have said at least. Yeah. But he didn't seem to get anything for it. He didn't even give it as a foul. So Windas just sort of stood himself up, noticed that Reach was stood in a good position calling for it um and reach calmly sort of took it around his man set himself for the shot and just lumped it miles over the bar yeah. unfortunately um and typical wednesday i thought 43 minutes we would we very nearly gave them uh the best chance of the 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 half despite having pretty much dominated the 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 entirety of the half harris got carried away, got yes. tackled on the break and left us really badly exposed. Um, they didn't manage to make much of it in the end, but it was a, it was a warning shot that, you know, for all the good work, it could have been gone uh, just by simply kind of, I just, you just, it's those moments are annoying as a fan. I'm sure it, as a manager, you're like, Harris knows surely that the one thing that can't happen in that situation is to get tackled. Like, he can he can kick the ball out of play. He can kick the ball, you know, pa- pass it away and behind the defense or something. But he cannot let himself get easily tackled like that. That's the worst possible thing. It leaves us leaves a huge gap. But um, anyway, it, it just that would have been that would have been fairly typical if uh, if that had happened. Having run the show for forty five minutes, we we let them sneak in and score. But. Yeah. But we got to the end of the half. Another, I just put another really good half with no rewards. We probably should be a goal or two mm. ahead. Um, Do you ever think about you know like one of the the famed magic tricks in 20th century history was uh, David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty appear? Um, maybe a reverse of this is somehow Birmingham looking coming out of nothing, looking like there might actually be a football team because they looked so anonymous. I, I I think again it's one of these where when uh, when what when Monkball works we make the opposition look very ordinary. Yes, that's true. Because we are smothering and we put so much energy into that performance today. It was no wonder that we started to slow and and have some creaks towards the end. The hope is though that we absolutely go and kill them off beforehand, and we certainly had enough chances yeah. to do that. But I suppose the, the the good thing today is that we got a bit of a reward for all our efforts in that we got we came out bright again for the second half, and Bannon had a really good shot, mm-hmm. um, sort of curling away from the keeper, but he he st- he still managed to save it. And then from the corner, we were given maybe a slightly questionable penalty. What do you think? Do you think it was soft? <laughs> I did. I thought Patterson yeah. won it very. I thought Patterson, uh, Patterson won it very well. He's so strong normally, but in this moment was weak as a little kid. And uh, <laughs> but I think given the first half, the fact that they maybe should have been down to ten men and we should have had another penalty, maybe it was a bit of kind of you yeah. know a bit of karma, yeah. a bit of the, yeah. the universe kind of correcting itself uh, to to give us to give us that penalty. And Bannon took it brilliantly. It's amazing for somebody who is so, so bad at shooting that he's 
pretty dependable from from the spot. From the spot, yeah. I, did he um, did he also give it the ears afterwards? Oh, maybe he loves scoring against Birmingham, and they hate him. Yeah, because he's a he's a villa boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a villain, a born villain, born villain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you also see? I think in the build-up, I think it was revealed that Bannon actually lives in Birmingham. I saw talk of that. Yes, <laughs> that's quite a commute. It is, isn't it? Um, and you know, we did reject two bids from Brentford, two pithy bids for our best player. But I can probably see them in that. Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Brentford, a team he's batted his eyelashes at and said, I'd love to go play for, basically. So, did, did you do the same thing as me and just assume that that was part of the uh, presumed contract negotiations that must be going on at this time? He would not be the first player <laughs> to be linked to a random club. I hope so, because I, I think, well, I think at this stage, with how much we depend on Bannon and how much of a talismanic player he is for us, um, I think we should. I think we should just give him a contract for another three years to I just basically to just see his see his career out with with us, basically. Yeah, and I think particularly with the fact there's six months left, nobody will pay us enough. No, no, that's the problem to replace Barry Bannon. Yeah. Like he's a player that impresses people enough, but not enough for them to make a stonking bid to bring him to them. I you know, he's that. a player that impresses enough, and and then, but unfortunately, goes into our situation where a team like Brentford rocks up and says, "Oh, we're uh, struggling, are we? You know, got 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 a year yeah. left on your player's contract. Who's uh, your you know your club captain? Oh well, we'll just see if we can just uh, dissuade you with you know a, a pithy yeah. pithy a million or something." Yeah, you know, which jump change from Ben Rama going basically. I think obviously that's this situation, but I just I just think in general, I think Bannon's more than good enough. I think he could have had a whole career playing Premier League football. I don't really doubt that. I think if he was a foot taller, he absolutely would have. Um, but it's just the situation he's in. I think even if he had a year left on his contract, nobody would pay us what he's worth to us. He's already got some of that skilos I wish, hasn't he? Like apart from he just he wish he was a little bit taller. But he already is a baller. <laughs> he is a baller. But you know, he's now in this situation, he's thirty one years old. Nobody's gonna pay big, big money for a thirty one year old. No. no, no, no. He that you may give him a, a a very nice contract for a year or two, potentially. So there's maybe some upshot for him, but but for us, he's such as you say, such a linchpin, such a he's the heartbeat of the side. So to do you replace think- Barry Bannon, we'd probably end up spending more, north of five million pounds, and nobody is going to pay us seven or eight million pounds for Barry Bannon, who's thirty years old. Mm. Do you think it was interesting? So. Like the celebrations for that, do you think that all of that is very pointed around we're making a point about how much Barry Bannon means to us as a club right now? Before, before like any kind of concrete, um, you know, material paper that is a new contract is put in front of him, you know, he's our club captain, you know, he took the penalty today to score. Mm. And what do you think? There's like a really weird team talk. Like after, like in celebration, like all the players gathered round him, but it almost felt a little bit like Bannon was 
trying to impart some kind of wisdom to the players? Well, I don't. That's not the first time we've seen that, though. This might be the first time this season, but I think under Monk, these little like you know kind of grab the moment and and particularly after the if you you've got to remember the last time we played we let a goal in in the 95th minute so i i i I think we've had times like that before Mm. where the team just go or like we've let in a goal straight after scoring and things and then we have a chat to be like let's you know this is where we've got to keep it tight we've got to see this out kind of thing i don't know i i don't know i don't necessarily think the two are related and to, and as, as i say knowing that this was a million or a million and a half it's nothing to us that is a drop in the ocean it will not help our yeah financial plight so i don't think it was tempting in any way to anybody no, at the no. club so uh, that's why i wonder if it's just because i mean i can't remember who was who was fox getting linked to when his when his uh, contract was coming up, it was ridiculous. Well, it was like Derby, like Forest, a... Coventry, wasn't Barnsley, there like Bournemouth and Milan and things like that? It was some nuts clubs that kept coming up. I the just... Danny Rose linkage. Yeah, yeah. I just get very. I just. I'm. I'm. Maybe I'm. You know, it's my age, but I'm quite cynical about players who have a contract that's running down getting linked to to moves away from the club mm. because I think I just. I just think it's part of the. But it, but it's also a flip side of that. Rich is that like can come in and, and make abusive little paltry bids. They can, you know, they to get can. to make sure like the club still gets a profit. I mean, we have to think that like you know Barry Bannon commands a good wage at the club, but Barry Bannon was essentially I don't know if it was a free or a nominal fee signing for us. Yeah, but then the way our club is run is not. We're not going to go. Oh yeah, well, that's us made a million on Barry Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but anyway, right, man alive. We um, that was that was a, it was a worthwhile digression because I suppose we didn't talk about it during the window part, so it, it's it's mm. worth talking about. Um, so are we are, I, so we scored the goal. I think sort of ten minutes or so. For, yeah, for ten minutes very, or so after that, we were quick. we were very much on top and kind of making things happen. Um, I actually made a note. I think there's some stuff to talk about before this, but 57th minute, I said this is the first time Birmingham looked dangerous in the entire game. Yeah. The thing I want to say about the halftime mark was funny watching back the highlights. And you mentioned that 43 minute, that kind of mm-hmm. cross, I think after, I don't know what Harris was thinking in that situation no. where he gave away the ball. Um, but that cross, and then it looked like we defended it really well and we got something on it, but then it went out for a goal kick. But maybe that was just, um, maybe that's a different way of reading just how embarrassingly bad it was from whoever the Birmingham attacker was. Yeah, yeah. Quite the possibly. one who headed it up in the air like he was shot. Yes. Of things. <laughs> um, you know, because it was funny mentioning and like watching the highlights because I wanted to go back and watch, you know, the chances from the first half, which we, we got a little bit, bit of thanks to iFollow. Yeah. And um, they had that chance. I think it was Baylor basically just... He basically just played it straight at Dawson. And like yes. that was that was the I'm like, this is what you're taking to present a highlight package to make it look like it was a balanced affair when it wasn't. They just looked Birmingham looked incredibly limp. Yes, definitely. You know, this um you know, like the thing I was definitely said at half time before we scored that penalty, I'm like, you know, it's another Gary Monk game. It's it's fine mag- margins. Um, you know, we're maybe unfortunately having that conversation and thinking, I hope, really hope I haven't seen this one before. 
Yes. You know, where we missed the chance that we should have scored, and then Birmingham come alive in the second. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, the game plan works. It's, you know, I, I think you would probably say, Rich, as you're an MMA fan and a USC fan, <laughs> you know, this is this feels like a long Gary Monk chokehold. And, and less I would like, definitely say that, yes. And less yeah, like, what, what is mean. it, the uh, the spinning back kick knockout to the, to, yes. the, to the head that happened later. It's not yeah. that. It's more of... It's more of a grappling match. It's a really. slow grind. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, um, th- th- yeah, that's very, I think it's, f- I think in some ways that is an absolute fair kind of characterization of it. I, I, I do think that it's fair. It's also fair to feel some frustration that if we'd done a little bit better with the chances we had, <laughs> it could have been a scintillating goal. so first. comfortable today. I know. I know. I know. There's just little mo- little moments. Like, I think Windass was as guilty as anyone a couple of times, um, where he had like breaks of the ball and things that happened and went our way. And then it was just the quality of pass. There was there was one moment I haven't sort of time stamped it, but the ball just sort of dropped in their box, and Windass ran round the outside of his defender, still beat him to the ball. And you're watching him, and he's like, he could turn, he could maybe have a shot, he could play a cross in. He sees that um, Adebayo's heading up the wing for him, so he oh. pokes the ball out for Adebayo, but he absolutely thumps it at him, and Adebayo can't keep it in. And you're like, those little moments are... That's the difference between... This could have been a 3-4-0 win. Mm. It ended up being a stressful 1-0 eking out. Um, and the other one that Windass had was um, him and Patterson were... Basically, the, the t- it was two on one heading towards their goal, and Patterson had given himself the space to receive the ball, mm. and Windass took it so wide that he ended up hitting a very tame shot that I think went into the side netting Patterson. But it's like you either give it straight to him and then run into the space behind, or you play it properly so he can take the shot on. You don't. It's so unhelpful to play the pass that you played in that moment. But saying that, I thought Windass looked bright and exciting all game. So it's, um, yeah, just it was a lot of what ifs today, but we still won. So we shouldn't be too churlish about things. Um, we got we got a glimpse of Marriott. We, he had a very good chance himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was an exceptionally tight angle. It was. Although, having watched the some of his goals, he actually that's something he likes to do is sort of pull the keeper towards the near post and then squeeze it in at the far post. Mm. He can score those with both feet, actually. Um, so, <laughs> so it's a bit of a favourite type of finish. Although I think he more often than not would take it on his left. Uh, but yeah, it was close. It was a close run thing. Uh, I don't know whether it's worth. I, I mean, Birmingham did have some chances. Mm. Uh, mostly as we got towards the 90th minute, so we brought on Marriott for Windass the 77th minute. Um, we brought on which was which was a great sub. I was really worried I think that it was a sub. I I've been. We can get on to talking about some player ratings as well, but I'm I'm also staggered that Patterson played so much of the game, considering he played he played minutes in both of the international games midweek. He played that. I mean, pretty much the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played. Yeah, he played. I think he played in every game at some point. You know, and then we brought Flinton, who you know lasted ninety minutes. It's. Um, I think we did so well with asking so much of the players that we had. We did. Or for the levels of tiredness and the fact that there's just no great other options right now. 
I mean, I was wondering whether going into this game, I was like being general anxious about a lot of things this week. It's you yeah. know, it's it's a it's a very very strange time in the world right now. Um, but another thing I was thinking about was who's who's going who's going to play at the back, you know, for this game. It was just looking. Yeah. So I was wondering about whether Patterson was going to play at the back. I did wonder that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, it's sort of mad that that's an option that's on the mm. table, but. So let's we wrap this up in terms of the last few moments, or and then we can kind of look at the game as a whole, and then we could do player ratings. Or do you, have you got something? Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, I I think we can go with that. I think that's fine. I've got a lot of notes, but a lot of them are me just basically kind of um, shitting myself at, yes. uh, at Birmingham's. You know, was letting in Birmingham. But I I liked we actually reacted pretty. So let, the, the, their their changes had some effects. Um, in particularly, they brought on Leko, who we had been linked with. Who mm. he, he did change the game in the way that a big man can, um, and allowed them more space and chances. They sort of made the same different personnel, but they made the same chance two times in a row, where they dragged Odabajo all the way out to the byline, had a player run in. It was Hogan the first time ran into the gap where Odabajo would have been. Uh, Luongo was too tired or slow or whatever to follow him and that's where Lecco had his you know very good shot brilliantly blocked by Van, a- Van Aken and then mm. he did the same chance almost exactly the same chance again where um, it was the other way around Lecco pulled it back for somebody else um, but then we brought on Pelopesi and closed that gap so it was actually quite nice to see us because you're sat there going like, I hope everybody's noticing what I'm noticing, that they are doing that exact same move again and again. Um, mm. And then and then little Joey came on and they didn't do that again, thankfully. Mm. <laughs> um, Hogan had a very, very good chance. Uh, I said, I said, Hogan hits the sort of finish that makes makes the striker immediately check with the linesman to hope that he's offside. Yes. <laughs> that yes. one that got headed just straight up in the air and uh, yeah, Hogan just passed it to, to Dawson. To Dawson. Yeah. yeah. You'd, you'd, I love those moments where the strikers like look straight at the linesman to go, just let me off the hook, please. Put your flag up. Because <laughs> uh. <laughs> then it was offside and I knew it and I'm not terrible at football. <laughs> and Hogan actually put the ball in the net, but this time he was offside. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the mm-hmm. 90, 95th minute or, or um. so. How was your kind of coverage and what you saw? Did you manage to, I guess, with these cutbacks? I thought it was a little bit heartbreaking. I did see on Twitter that Rob O'Neill is basically making a tweet, basically saying, look, I need some business. Yeah. You know, because with the cutbacks, Wednesday basically aren't paying for away commentary for the games on iFollow. So that's why we're reliant on football heaven. That's why we went round the grounds for two penalties in stoppage time today um i do want to say rich you know the the premier league is full of goals it's full of money what is the the championship full of um referees coming up with minutes from nowhere and stoppage time where did six minutes come from today um i had a feeling it was going to be five i think uh, a penalty and the associated you know detritus um, tends to take to add two or three minutes on its own. Uh, the we then had the Bannon fight with Gardner thing that that 
take a minute or so. And then yeah. we had the full That's allocation. Of I, I did. I thought six was at the high end, but I wasn't. I wasn't shocked. I was. He he did play probably ninety seven or more <laughs> in the end, um, which is the other. This the other thing is they they do seem to find extra minutes on top of their minutes sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I I I think I agree. I think ninety six was too much. But as I say, not 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 outlandishly so. I think ninety five was what I what I was predicting in my head. Maybe maybe um, you know too too hard bitten by <laughs> these years of following Wednesday. But that's what I was suspecting. That's what I was expecting. But you know, interestingly enough, in that you know there was Barnsley played Bristol City, so. Um, that ended 2-2 because Bristol City conceded a penalty which was put away in the 102nd minute um, wow. of the game and uh, Wickham played Millwall which went to 90 plus 10 so you know it can just generally just be a strange day in relation to that but it, it seems like a lot of that really mm. I, I sort of find it hard to get to uh, I, I think technically it should be masses longer than it actually is so <laughs> Like it's never, it's never ever three minutes. <laughs> it's always way, way more. Mm. It's everything takes ages. Every, I think throw-ins technically the ball isn't out of play yet, is it? But I think if we stop the clock, yeah, every half would be over an hour, which makes you think that there's probably fifteen, twenty minutes of time wasting. And anyway, um, first time we've beaten uh, an Itor Karanka team in five attempts. We'd lost really. The- Four, um, and I also learned that Luongo is the most booked player in the championship at the moment. So he really is stepping into the shoes of Hutch in in every single way. <laughs> next he'll be next he'll be causing a ruckus in the dressing room. <laughs> allegedly, alleged parody. <laughs> shall we? Shall we um, give some player ratings, Luke? Let's do that. Yeah, I. It's it's weird that to kind of look at this and think. I don't know. There are things to be frustrated with. I don't want to be too frustrated because it's a win. This is essentially what <laughs> yeah. the game against QPR should have been. It's just putting year, you know, it's taking years off of our life and making us years older and, you know, in the process as well. You know, this is why yes. I, I don't know. I, I want to watch entertaining football and entertaining football equals goals. And, you know, entertaining football for your team is goal scored by your team unless you know less that you conceded but yes. I, I don't i want us to keep going and keep trying to score goals but i know that we're just not very we are wasteful in front of goal you know like yes. i just would rather a bit more solidity a bit more stability because i know that goals are going to be rare occasions we're now on minus four which is incredible which is yes. fantastic that's really really good um, you know, from five games, you know, we've only conceded three goals, which is fantastic. Um, Quite the we've had, from uh... We've had, you know, what, three clean sheets now? Yeah. Five games, that's fantastic. The flip side of that is we've only scored four goals. Um, this is largely what it's going to be, which I don't think is terrible, but I don't know. This is why I just really need this solidity and this stability, because it's going to be like this. Today, we were really good at that. But I don't know. It it we seem to get to the end of games, and there's that challenge to keep it tight. Um, you know, we've run out of energy. The other team changes it. They get an advantage. Maybe that's just what it is. Um, yeah, I 
I thought I thought today was it was sort of classic monk in so many ways, but I thought today was us we'd put so much effort into the first let's say seventy five eighty minutes that we started to flag, um, and they had sort of managed that maybe managed their energy a bit better than we had, but yeah, it's it's taking those chances. We we haven't had any chance for partnerships to build yet, really. Patterson, that's his second game playing for us. Um, same at the, I mean, at the back, we've had a different lineup at the back every single game. Up, up, as I know, far as I know. the first two. So I think all across the field, we need those partnerships to be able to gel and feed off each other. I, I think Bannon and Luongo seem to be so good together at the moment, regardless of who's playing with them, which is, that's a really good, they're a good duo in, mm. in a three. Um, it would be nice if they were building off a regular partner like like it, Izzy Brown, but maybe maybe that ends up being Reach, maybe it ends up being Kachunga, who knows? Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I suppose... I, I'm, 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 I'm pushing back on the idea that this is it. I think there's still a bit of room to grow because, okay, I think this is not the finished product, but it's probably not far off. It's probably, it's probably, no. that, it's probably that we're two nil up, let them score, and then are still clinging on for the last three or four minutes. Um, <laughs> but, but we get to feel happy from scoring twice before before the, the clinging. I know, I know. <laughs> So three points. Yeah, they're in the know, back. I sorry, I, I don't know why I'm so I'm so negative. I think it's I, unfair. I, well, it's it's clinging on. It's natural that we shouldn't be feeling like we kind of escaped with three points. No, I don't feel like we, we've got away. We've really got away with a win there because no, I thought we were much the better side, and we should have put it to the sword. Really, we should have put them to the sword. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Sorry, I, I feel so. I feel so conflicted with this. <laughs> and yet here's the thing that like, I'm going to go on to play rings to a man. Everyone was really good. Yeah. I, I, it's a weird thing that individual performances are largely really, really good. Yep. Sometimes it's not, you know, the, sometimes the sum of the parts is greater than, you know, the, you know, the whole picture is greater than some of its parts. I should say, I sometimes think that we individually have really great parts having great performances. And it, I don't think I, it matches I overall. I think you've got a great part as well, Luke. <laughs> oh, dear. I think there's that weird thing, isn't it? Because we're in that position. If this was if this was a normal relegation battle, mm. your, your mindset is kind of set for you. And it's don't lose. Just gra- scrabble up as many points as you possibly can and survive. I, That's the I survival also, I also felt that when I saw the lineup, I was a bit like, "Please let us fucking get something from this game." Because yeah. this is just this lineup just looks <laughs> insane. It's just, I, I, that's a fair thing. Every game that we're doing, we're patching things. You know, I'm sure we'll patch things up again for midweek. We've now got within a three-week period, we have seven games before the next international break. Well, the exciting thing of of minus four is that by the time we are talking next on the podcast we could be in positive points yeah or, or at the very least have reached zero so this is yeah that you're right absolutely right the games are coming thick and fast october is massive for us because i think it's fair to say every game is is a winnable game i'm not saying we will win them all that's a very different statement to make 
but on paper these are all fixtures that we should be going into thinking thinking we should we we, we want the three point Brentford's trickier I think but Birmingham and Brentford were the trickier out of the two but Luton Rotherham and Wickham with with you know with no um well with with full awareness that this could come back and bite me on the bomb they are all teams we should beat I, I, I will say that you know we should be better it's, than um, three of those teams you know you could go on a european tour this is if a continent was made of points this would be the tour really <laughs> for that. i'm sure we won't win all three of them because that's just not how the world works but but it is i mean this is this is as important a run as we've had so far this season and if we could be if we could be tackling if we could be going into that rotherham and wickham those rotherham and wickham games on one or no points We've got the potential to come out feeling pretty good about life at the end of October, to the point where it will feel, feel pretty depressing if we're if we're not feeling good about things. You know, <laughs> it's a nice, I really, I really, nice hate edge of mood. I really hate thinking about that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But the, yeah, it's just looking at the table. Wickham is still on no points. Barnsley are on two. Derby and Nottingham Forest are on three still, and we've we've got better goal difference than all of those teams. We've got better goal difference than every team mm. uh, up to QPR in thirteenth, uh, and they're the aberration because they've got the best goal difference up to tenth in the table. So you know, so far the form is upper mid table. It's mm. the points deduction that's left as where we are. I suppose that's what I was, it's a convoluted way around to say mid table is a difficult thing to account for because batting down the hatches every point surprise is your relegation battle mm. promotion is kind of win or bust you'd rather go for a win and lose uh, uh, you know when you've got one point sure you'd rather push on and get three and so that's promotion thinking uh because you're expecting to win more games than anything else being mid-table, which is kind of our aspiration at the moment, maybe we can re- address things one way or the other over time, but let's say that that's our our aspiration is mid-table. Um, I think we aspire to be like some adorable uh, golden Labrador that <laughs> is beautiful and cute and everyone loves, but it has a, um, has a, has a uh, constancy issue, so it pisses all over the floor on a regular <laughs> basis. That's kind of where we're trying to aim for, isn't it, really? But but I think it makes one nil difficult because we're kind of good enough to put a team to the sword at one nil. Yeah. But also we're kind of screwed at the moment points wise. So the win is worth everything. So it's kind of like I t- yeah I totally. It also there's also I understand the disappointment because this could have been so much better. But also. There's also wow, the wow, we got three points, and that is the only thing that matters. And... I know, I know yeah. it is. But I don't know, because there are typical ways to think and come out of a 1-0 being like, we worked hard, we got the goal, we won that. Mm. I mean, in a way we still did today, but it was just, it was given to us in a very fortuitous fashion. Yeah. And we had all these great chances, and we didn't manage to score. If you score from open play, it feels deserved. And it would be nice if one of our... We had so many attacking talents on the pitch. Mm. To come away with Barry Bannon, who never scores, being the scorer is is a bit disappointing in a way. Yeah, exactly. It's not reliable, is it? No, I I, I totally agree. I totally... It's... I, I, I... 
yeah, I can see, uh, I can totally see the perspective of thinking, yeah, but what about next game? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, should we? So, right, let's do this. Let's go. Sure. Uh, Cameron Dawson, the man for seven to Cameron Dawson. Um, he was assured enough considering the chances that were there. Um, I, you know, I was writing this actually at the point probably about we're getting to the seventy-minute mark, and I start doing my player ratings then, which really is, you know, in some way kind of, um, you know, inviting the universe to just piss all over what I'm writing. Um, so I remember one really good claim in the first half. I think I remember the same claim. So, yeah. Yeah. There was a bit where I think we luckily, you know, enjoyably, I think we went around the grounds again, so we didn't get to talk about it. Um, um, but luckily, yeah, that's the thing. Like if a defense does its work, then Cameron Dawson gets a golden glove, right? Exactly. It's, it's kind of that simple, really, you know? we could theoretically look back in the history books and be like, you know, you could say to your children or your grandchildren, Rich, and say, you know, grand, grandpapa Rich, uh, you know, who was who was the most illustrious Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper? <laughs> like, and then you'd suck through your teeth and be like, well, statistically, it's Cameron Dawson for that season. He got, uh, he got 23 clean sheets or something ridiculous. <laughs> But that's kind of contentious. And then, like, the kid would be like, why? But why, Grandpapa Rich? He got 23 clean sheets. And it was like, well, actually, he wasn't particularly that good a goalkeeper. It was really the triumph that season of a defence. <laughs> and have, maybe... Stop worth is and shut up, will you, child? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I want to kind of move on from this. I'm going to kind of go slightly out of position from here, Rich. You agree okay. with me? Cameron Dawson on a seven? Yes, I do. Yeah, my man of the match is Jos van Aken. He gets the nades. Wow, but yes, I he was really good today, and that block what, from Leco, what a block from Leco. That was some great defending. Being one or you know being a draw, being a winner or a draw, isn't it? That's it. Who he is this? Himself. Who is this jewel we've unearthed? <laughs> is, uh, my note from that block was arise, Sir Jost. You are now a third teamer. <laughs> Lovely stuff. But uh, yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. Maybe Cameron Dawson can crown him by making a brew for him. (laughs) And uh, to not make him so nesh or something. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, very good. Uh, (laughs) Where do we go now? Uh, Um, Should we go go Aidan Flint? Because it's his debut. I mean, we're a little bit out of order. I've kind of looked at this at a free free at the back. So that's kind of taken... So, I'm really taking the rain with this. Interestingly, just to kind of mm. revisit that, uh, who scored has it as four four two? Okay. And looking at position, like the average positions, it's a real mix and muddle. But I, I would say. So were they I'm going say, with Harris at left back? Yeah, Harris left back, Odebajo right back. The only question is whether Luongo is Luongo is very far back. He's he's okay. almost level with Flint. Well. I think in terms of the players I started writing down, I haven't done all my player rings, but I can come up with some on the spot as we do this. Um, I, I think in terms of going through the players, I think I've I've almost gone in a similar way to what it is. Maybe I've you know been a bit off with who I started with because I wanted to. I think as long as as long as you tick them all off, I don't think uh, anybody can hold that against you, Luke. Let's I let's to follow night, your whims. Night, Joe Van Aken. Um, so Aiden Flint, I think we need to look at Aiden Flint next. 
I'm going to give him a seven and a half. I thought this was a decent debut. You know, he mopped up a lot. Um, I really enjoyed, I think there was a moment of pressure and I think he punted one like over to the right of the pitch mm. to get the, because the, you know, it got to the point where we'd cleared it and every time it just kind of came to, you know, Etheridge to come out of his box yes. and try and kind of work it back up the field again. So basically it was just kind of us playing it to Etheridge for most of the last 15 minutes of the yes. game. And that was really fantastic. That was really good. Um, yeah, uh, just very solid. I'm I'm happy. I'm um, really happy that he's that given that performance. Good enough. Good enough that we could potentially have played a whole match with two just two defenders. Mm. <laughs> potentially, that's yeah. how that's how much of a step up he is. I'm really I'm so pleased we signed him. I I, I think it's probably the, for the best in a weird way. I mean, I know it, we had no other choices today, but I think actually the fact he's come in and played a game a whole game straight away is ideal because it's like there's no build-up there's no tension it's like he signed yesterday he, he only arrived in Sheffield <laughs> two in the morning apparently uh, on on uh, on on sort of Friday morning um what what a yeah what a tremendous debut uh seven and a half feels very fair uh, and I'm so pleased to have him on board mm. where are you going next Luke so I'm going to go for Adebayo because then this kind of changes some of my mood of one of the things I said at the end. But anyway, I'm going to be I'm going to say seven and a half. That was a very good performance from Moses mm-hmm. Adebayo. Uh, I love the bit in the second half where just in a really insane kind of mix, he was really calm and assured in possession in a tough yes. space, and he managed to work the space to kind of ping one down the line with like yeah. a really nice kind of curled curled pass. Um, I I. So here's the thing. I mean, if 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 I'm viewing it as a free, which I could be completely wrong, and I'll apologize and say I could be wrong. I is this a new centre back for us? Oh wow! I, I mean, it was a, I, 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 if he was playing centre back, mm. it, his centre back performance was helped by the fact that he didn't have to do many centre backy things. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he was mainly playing like in the channel and in front of the box. You know, he wasn't where he seems to lose his mind is in the box defending he gets too handsy or he jumps in but that's where he makes his big mistakes i I, again i thought he played so well today i was amazed by his composure in a couple of those moments because there was a couple Mm. of times it really felt like they'd sort of sprung the trap and i I think it was almost it it felt fairly obvious that he was their cue to press yeah Uh, and and actually he just held the ball really confidently calmly Mm. Played good passes. I don't remember him losing it. He played that lovely cross for Patterson, which could have easily been uh, could have been Patterson's first goal. That was a really, really good cross with his left foot. Um, What's um, yeah, well done, Moses. Mm-hmm. Do you? I, I think the problem we have with Moses Adavajo is the fact that we have a player on the books who is a talented football player. Mm. Um, but it's it's where does he kind of fit with his talents? I, I think that's the overall arching kind of but issue they, with Bezos Adebayo. But are we maybe learning it doesn't matter? <laughs> well, no, but like he's played a variety of positions in the last two games yeah. and sort of done all of them fine. Yeah, he's been pretty good in, in all of them, which, I, I is, um, which is staggering. The, the the tricky thing is, you know, like uh, people do their like how many players we have in each position and then they end up putting somebody like Liam Palmer in three. Yes. And the thing yeah. is, he can only do one at a time. And when he's injured, like he is right now, 
he can't do any of them. But it, I don't think it's the worst thing potentially for us to have Odebajo able to play maybe a kind of holding-ish midfield role, maybe centre back, maybe maybe right wing back, maybe right back. You know, like I don't. It's could you could you imagine could you imagine this season that Moses Odebajo does a Captain Fox Morgan honours and drags his Wednesday career from from the the murky depths of everybody saying he's shit to I, I, yeah do you, do you get that weird feeling that maybe that could happen it seems incredibly outlandish but we're also having an outlandish season where you know was it just for the international break it was like 6-1 to spurs and 7-1 to villa over liverpool yeah, yeah. i'd lo- i'd love it to happen uh because well we've sort of touched on it he seems like a really lovely chap uh mm. you know thoughtful and uh, and properly sort of a decent human being. And and he has been highly thought of in the past. So if he can re- rediscover that, that would be fantastic. And it, it would be weird for it to happen again to <laughs> another fullback. But because mm. um, Buxton was the same sort of transformation in a way, not, you know, <laughs> didn't pull up any trees early doors and then became. Which, which was insane. Cause I thought, I don't remember that history of events for, for uh, for Lewis Buxton, I think his first, definitely his first season. He made a couple of howlers, um, and it just felt like he wasn't gonna. He's just gonna be another kind of also ran type player. But even if even if I'm even if it's slightly misremembered how bad that first season was, I don't think anybody expected him to become quite so massive a figure as he grew into. I mean, he just got so much better at attacking from right back and defending at right back. He also played left back really well and centre back at times really well and mm-hmm. went capped in the side. You know, it, I think even if even if it wasn't such a bad start as the kind of apocryphal history says, the growth <laughs> from that from where he came in to what he became is is I think was still pretty staggering. Um, yeah, well, I mean, fingers crossed. I think there are little notions of it because. The, the the sort of preseason games and cup games, I think Odebajo's really stood out. Yeah, long may it continue and, and continue to progress. Okay, Luke's Magical Mystery Tour, where are we off to? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to uh, Calvin Harris's Hitsville um, oh. to visit Kadeem Harris. Um, I'm giving it a seven. I, I was maybe a little disappointed about Harris today. I don't today think you know but again i think we can say this about harris every week still getting a seven you know he's always a consistent seven it's just about whether he gets up to goes up those gears to 7.5 and eight performances really um he still did a job for us it wasn't his brightest day he'll he'll always do much better i'll always put my arm around calvin harris absolutely i think i think that uh in terms of i think he struggled against pedersen previously um, I've got a vague memory of that happening before. Uh, oh no, he wouldn't have been up against Pedersen. Oh, what am I talking about? Colin, Colin was on his side. Um, Colin Sanchez. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've ha- we've seen him have issues when he's got a defender he can't beat for pace. He can start to look a little bit. He very quickly runs out of ideas. And I think there was a bit of that going forward today, which meant he was a little bit of a blunt force in that regard but he still put in bags of effort still shut down attacks by being quick onto things 
um, yeah, by no means a bad performance, but there just to me was too much. Like losing that ball was bad, was was almost. I mean, that could have been that could have cost us the game because if that goal had happened, then we would have been so disheartened going in at half time. And it was that was stupid. That was schoolboy stuff. The last thing he should have done is put himself in a position to lose possession there. Uh, and there was just there was another two or three times where he just kind of like did stepovers and then ran into Sanchez or whoever was right in front of him. And yeah, it was a bit it was a bit annoying. But I think seven's fair. Next up, uh, let's go Luongo. Let's Luongo. go action mass. He was really good again today. You know, like again. I think he's maybe done a little bit better in previous times. You know, he was fantastic, you know, the other week against uh, QPR. Uh, I'm still going to go with like a 7.5 for Luongo, you know? Yeah. Very good in this role. I actually thought he played pretty fantastically well today, but it was a different sort of game. So he wasn't having Mm. to... Birmingham was so overawed by, by the sort of pace we put on them that they didn't... He didn't have to do his brilliant tackles, although he did do an absolute belter towards the end. Um, but he didn't have to do quite so many of those brilliant tackles. It was more break, you know, breaking things up and doing kind of grimy, greasy work in the in the in the engine room. But um, he's a great, he's a, he's a great player. Seven and a half, I think, feels feels fair for him. I'm mm-hmm. with that. I, I, I mean, I've no idea. Normally, I'm just going through this team sheet, Luke. But I, where are you going next? Going Barry Bannon. Barry. Ooh, Bale Bannon. Um, let's give him a seven point five. You know, his his play's good. Um it's just it's always just prime Bannon. I'm really happy for him to get the goal. I'm really happy for him to score against Birmingham. I'm sure that was I'm sure that's something that's really made him really really pleased as punch for himself. Like I'm as gonna he, be honest. As as he walks home. As he walks <laughs> as he just get gets the bus home, you know. <laughs> yeah. You, I get uh, yeah, I <laughs> he's in that position of even an okay Barry Bannon is pretty good Barry Bannon. I mm. thought the shot was really good that, that led to the corner, that led to the penalty that yes. led to the goal. Um, but I, again, I think Bannon was another one of these that kind of lacked a little bit of quality in key moments today for us. And again, could have been part of some moves getting built that didn't quite get to fruition because of a bit of lack of quality, a bit of lack of foresight. There was one bit where I thought Harris was <laughs> was going to chin him because Harris had made a really good run and Bannon just passed it straight out of play in front of him. But um, you can't. It's churlish to to pick too many holes when he's given a fantastic captain's performance, frustrated them all game, and scored the winning goal. You know, it's it's uh, frankly rude to to try and pick holes. Uh, okay. Um, Reach is it next or Kachung? Where are you? Where are you? Heading? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to go with Reach because I guess I'm going with that kind of four free, okay. four free mentality. Uh, Reach was really good, um, <laughs> and I find it weird to say that when um, you know, again, lacking confidence shooting and giving me moments where I'm like, for fuck's sake, Reach, why have you fucking done that again? Why have you blazed it over from that situation? Why have you not at least hit the target? What is going on, Adam Reach? And he had a really good shot. But, I mean, um, let's just go back and talk about Rich, your free-roaming reporter. He uh, he got on a lot of stories today, didn't he? He did. He did. He was you a know, huge part of the pace today. 
um, yeah, big, big part of that. Just they didn't have room to breathe. They didn't have room to turn around, even if they found a pass to a player. in our, They barely got into our half at all. But if they managed to get there, they didn't get to build anything because they had to play it backwards again. And that was all hard work and effort and the pressing. It was it was fantastic. The effort from everybody today was was immense. I, I'm slightly worried what Tuesday looks like, having put all that put all that effort into the game today. But mm. uh, always Wednesday, isn't it? Um, Wednesday, yeah. So maybe, hopefully, it, it'd be nice to have that extra day, I guess. Uh, but yeah, he was he was leading the charge in terms of pressing people and harrying and make, forcing mistakes, forcing bad passes. Good work. I imagine he went back to J. Jonah Jameson with that picture of Spider-Man, you know, and did really well, did, you know. So, there we go. You know, he's making news at the Daily Bugle. So, mm. there's Adam Reach. He is. So, he's now, now we... I'm chat. so sorry? Sorry, I'm just saying he's, a, he's, a, he's got a look of Peter Parker about him. He does, yes. <laughs> so, I'm then going to go through to my front trident of... And firstly, I'm going to start with Elias Kachunga, who I'm going to give I'm going to give a seven to. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that I felt like he had more of an impact on some of those attacking moments than we kind of, you know, than I than I think we would probably think. Yeah, I also liked that he did quite a bit of work backwards as well, and helping out mm-hmm. and filling in for Harris uh, when Harris sort of got too far. You know, over his boots, um, Kachunga did quite a nice job filling in for him. A, a little frustrated. I'm sure he will be frustrated, Kachunga, because he sort of was in a, in a few a few of those almost moments. He was he was either the guy not quite getting hitting the pass or not quite getting the pass. Um, but yeah, and I thought he was just going to launch one. There was a moment where it kind of broke to him out on the edge of the uh, penalty area, and I thought. This this would be a nice nice position to curl one in, and he he was uns, he unselfishly passed it along. But uh, yeah, seven seems fair. So then, are you going to go Windass? I am. I'm going to go Trumpy Bones. Yes. Um, Guessed one right. Just give a seven. Like I, I thought he was decent. I thought he was lively. Maybe he could have been a little bit better. I what well, I don't know. I mean, he. I mean, on the positives, he absolutely beamed one onto the post, which is. Yeah. Who knew we had someone who could take a free kick? I mean, that's a that's a rarity, isn't it, these days? It is. I thought, uh, it's seven, I think, I'll, I'm happy for it to stand. I, I, I think it's slightly harsh. I think it slightly sort of had, gave a bit more than that. But um, I don't know, there's, there's just, I, I like that kind of, there's an effervescence about the way he plays <laughs> the game. And I, I, I enjoy I enjoy it. It's it's that thing that we sort of likened him to Kieran Lee in a way. But the way he kind of attacks the ball and and tracks the ball and things like that, it's very it's it's what I want to see. I think as a fan, and it's hard not to just kind of respond on a very base level to just think, oh, he was really good. But he didn't do very much, and actually, I think he was the chief culprit in terms of things falling down where they maybe should have we should have made more of them. But uh, I I like having him there. I think as long as we He's not costing us. He also worked hard going backwards, to be fair to him. But I think as long as he's not kind of detracting from the team, I think he's a presence worth having because he's mm-hmm. he's just so kind of direct in his mind. It's it's all about getting it forward, getting it to the goal. And if not getting a shot himself, get, giving it to somebody else who can shoot. 
which is a, a really nice thing to have. There's too many dally people who are happy to sort of dally around and make nice pictures <laughs> with their passing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, CPAP. CPAP. Uh, let's go with 7.5 for Patterson, you know? Mm. It was good. I thought he did really well in that role. And I think it's really good to see that we have someone who's a front man who can bring out those qualities in Kachunga and yeah. Windows. It's like, in a weird way, I was kind of hoping... I, I feel like I've mentioned this before. We kind of... When we go into the transfer market and when we sign players and we bring them in and we have all these players at the squad who maybe feel like they aren't performing their best at the moment. Yeah. You're really hoping to bring in other players who can be like an alchemist, who can yes. bring some kind of magic out from them. And, it, you know, I love how, you know, Patterson is a big man, kind of gets in there and, you know, wins the headers and kind of sprays it on and plays it on for, you know, this, uh, you know, our, you know our, our forward players who identify as being spry. Yes, the spry guys. Spry guys, yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think I, that's I think that's where, in terms of like it not getting much better than this, that's where I feel like time to gel and feed off each other and learn how each other, how those other players play. Whatever those partnerships end up being up top, knowing just how quick this player is, just how strong they are, how far you, it, it's not always going to be the perfect ball, but. There was just a couple of disjointed moments, and I think they all, all three of them, contributed to them at times. Um, but I, I would hope in the coming weeks and months, that's where those those partnerships start to develop and and get better and gel. Because although Patterson's actually you know, obviously he's been at the club two weeks, he's just gone straight on an international break, so he's not had any time with the players around him. So. <clears throat> Whilst maybe Kachunga and, and Windass have been playing together, uh, there's not been any any ability for those things to build up. Uh, okay, sub-wise, we had Marriott on first. Yeah, Marriott was fine. Um, I'd probably say a seven. That was nearly a fantastic goal. I mean, if that would have gone in, that would have just made... Yeah. That really would have just lifted the day to just Absolutely. another another level. Um, you know, I I think it's okay. I think we're going to see more from him in a, in a sub berth. I, I wonder what it'd be like if he started. Um, you know, it's interesting. I kind of think a little bit similar to how I feel about Windass about him. So yeah. maybe I could see those kind of changing off. We're going to have a lot of games. I'm sure we're going to have more opportunities to see him. Um, more opportunities for him to kind of establish himself within the scene. Where I think we, uh, where I, where I sort of, I'm, I'm glad we've got Marriott. Um, I'm not anybody that's listened to the podcast <laughs> we're both in this team um, neither of us feel that Jordan Rhodes is a, ser- a, a, a better service, a run of games a position away from being the Jordan Rhodes that he was five years ago, it's, I, I've run out of patience for that trying to happen I don't consider him a viable option other than a very last resort as one of our lead men um he's someone to be carried and sort of somehow worked into the game rather than anybody to lead the line for us so i think patterson is the is really the only one in the classic mold for that i think marriott has the ability to do that in a different way but what kachunga and windas are able to do is, is potentially play wings or play pick up positions sort of in attacking midfield or or um or around front men so i 
I like having Marriott on board as another option, and I thought we saw enough from him to be quite quite excited about what he might bring to that that position. But he's he's going to be very similar to the way that Windass wants to play, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an intriguing one. Um, did Fizzy do? Did he touch the ball? Danny Bashir. I really don't recall. I don't think we're getting. To, yeah, I don't think we can really give a rating. No, to, to him or or, uh, or to Joey pe- P. Pest dispenser. The pest dispenser, yeah. As everyone's calling him. Uh, well, there you go. Um, mm. This has been a oddly maudlin episode after a win, folks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> if we could get more, you know, if there's more free points that are going to be frustrating, then I don't care, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The, the, un- the unbearable darkness of winning. <laughs> We're going to have a funeral procession to the Premier League. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, as we say, that's another three points in the bag. It's uh, we're up to or down to, depending on how you how you're choosing to count this. Minus four. Um, Sounds like the weather in Calgary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we take on take on Brentford next, and uh, that's always a bit of a tricky tie for us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Are we are we at home to Brentford or are we away to Brentford? Not that it makes any difference. But it still feels like it should make a difference at this We're point. We're in the the empty, atmosphereless stadium in Sheffield for not the empty, atmosphereless stadium in Brentford, the new Brentford stadium. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. We probably we've had very similar starts to the season. So Brentford are in tenth place with seven points and plus two goal difference. If we had started with nothing, we'd be on eight points with a plus one goal difference. So they're they're kind of doing about as well as we are at the moment, Brentford. Um, and similarly, they've won this weekend. So, uh, <clears throat> what's the name of their new stadium? Is it the Direct Line Insurance Arena? What is it? Was it called the Diarrhea Bowl? I think. <laughs> because because bees shit in it. Now it's the Brentford Community Stadium. There we go. Uh, it's something of a, a hive of activity, I believe, <laughs> oh, for the for the community. Uh, not just uh, not just used for football, actually. Um, some some council money went in there, as you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> oh dear! If Wednesday if Wednesday can win, and I can do a really poor performance on this podcast then <laughs> we'll, dwind- we'll dwindle down to 10 listeners and we'll go to the Premier League <laughs> that would be a real good trick wouldn't it yeah to have had as depressing a first season as we as this podcast had <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to kind of held up heads above the water and prevented ourselves from just being sad and sighing every week to actually now we're just really we're miserable <laughs> Really resenting winning. God, Uh, the goal of this Sheffield Wednesday side. Another thudding victory for this Wednesday side. Oh, I hope you guys (laughs) enjoy your two-seater Bentleys with his win bonus. Yeah. (laughs) Oh well, I think I think it seems fair to to wrap things up. Fair to everybody, Mm -hmm. fair to ourselves, and um, (laughs) I'll I'll. Uh, you know, I'll I'll send I'll send Luca an e card or something like that. Cheer him up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 
we'll dust him off. We'll talk again next week and uh, look look after yourselves in between times. And you you too, Luke, and uh, look after yourself. I wish you, I hope you don't have a less anxious week. But there's two Wednesday games in that week, so I know how unanxious it's going to be. And to be honest, oh my dice, oh my dice, oh my dice. But uh, cheerio. <laughs> see you, see you, Rich. Have a good week, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs> Thank you.